Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Today, we are talking about how to best manage our time as creatives, which isn't easy. But before we talk about that, by the time this episode airs, we will already be 12 days into the November challenges, won't we, Tara? I think, roughly. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, As usual, we are recording this a couple of weeks in advance, so we're not quite sure what everyone's up to yet, but we do want to mention some of the work that you've shared with us throughout October. Tara, what caught your eye this month? Well, I've really liked Dorothy Walker's face sketches, especially the ones she did with a rainbow pencil. Plus, she also shared some steampunk photos to the group, which she said anybody could use, and she actually got permission from all the people too, which was cool. Uh, Then we've got Catherine C. Slater. She's been doing some out and about sketches. I've really enjoyed seeing. And also her and Angela Murphy, uh, Angela Murphy, sorry, have also been collaborating on some painted rock projects. And then we've got Christy C. Neff, who she's been sharing some of her face paintings, like a woman with a long blue hair, which I thought looked great. And I've also liked seeing Sally Ann Millard's pencil sketches of faces. So the ones I've liked have been mainly faces. How about you? What have you liked? Oh, there's so many. It's, it's always hard to pick them out, isn't it? Because yeah, I is. always sort of feel guilty because there's so much good stuff going on. Um, I was really impressed with Cheryl Martin because she's been sketching from life for um, Out and About October. She even did some sketches of some musicians while they were performing. Did you see those? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really brave. I mean, it's hard enough for some people to sketch in public full stop, but to sketch moving subjects makes it even more tricky, I think. So I was oh, yeah. really impressed with that. Yeah. Bradley Birkin, sorry, not Birkin, Bradley Bergin, sorry. He has been sharing his Inktober sketches with us, and some of them have been really quite comical. Did you see the one where um, he drew a vampire which was sucking the stuffing from a cuddly toy's neck? <laughs> yeah, I like the words he puts for them too. He's He's quite comical with his words, isn't he? Oh, he's got such a great sense of humour and some of his ideas really make me chuckle. Um, Nick Tay-Tay West, she's been working on animal faces. Did you mention her or did, no, did you mention I her? Said no, I no, no. Um, and she's been drawing sort of several sketches of a particular animal face um, like on, on one page from various different angles and she's been doing really well with those. Kim Hines, she's been really productive too for Out and About October. Um, and one more thing I want to mention did you see the recent collaboration between Cheryl Martin and Claire Dumphy oh is that the poem that Mm. Cheryl wrote and then uh, Claire illustrated it yeah it was genius Claire Claire had been going through a creative block for a while um oh incidentally if anyone's going through that right now you might want to go back and listen to our previous episode because that is all about creative block but anyway cheryl she'd obviously noticed claire's posts about her block and so she wrote her a poem um and and she kind of listed in a really clever poetic way all of the things that claire could draw and that's exactly what claire came back with she drew all of the things in the poem like on a spread it was so good and she really enjoyed it so I think that's to be the highlight of the month for me. Um, also, I've been loving the Halloween posts. There's so much Halloween going on. <laughs> I think we've got the Americans to thank for that because when we were kids, Tara, Halloween wasn't really a big thing at all, was it? Whereas now it seems to be getting more and more popular. Yeah, well, I lived in America for a couple of years as a kid um, when I was about six till I was eight. And it was so big even then over there. But we came back here and, yeah, pretty much nothing. But we're really lucky. You must have been a bit disappointed for for you when you came. I never used to go, but we really like it where we live now because we've got a big gate so we can shut it. (laughs) No children come to ours. They can't reach the gate. (laughs) I bet you're a real bar humbug. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you lived in America for two years. We've got to talk about that. That's something I didn't know about you. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, what's new with you? Um, well, as you know, I started the Out and About October challenge. And I felt a bit guilty because I quit because I wasn't enjoying it. And do you remember I was doing a, trying to do a video each day to get better at being on video and also drawing. But I thought, I can't keep this up because I really don't like it. And I thought, I'll just push myself into another block. 
just thought there's no point. So yeah, yeah, I did feel like I should be setting an example, but again, I think part of that is you you there's no point. You can push through some things, but there's no point if you really don't like it. So well, also, no, it can end up having the opposite effect, can't it? Yeah, in exactly. the long run if you do that. Yeah. And also I've just been away. My third holiday this year. I've never been on so many holidays in my life. Um, <laughs> and this one was to the east coast of England, uh, just walking on the beach, which was lovely. And I thought I'd draw a lot, but um, I only did a couple while I was there, but a lot of relaxing, which was really, really nice. So what about you? Oh, well, um, I haven't been on any holiday, so um, nothing to report there. I have been really enjoying the new Landscape Artist of the Year, though, on Sky Arts. Have you been watching that? No. I had to oh, it's it's back on. <clears throat> new series is back on. I love it. I always love that one. Um, it's basically the same as Portrait Art- Artist of the Year, just the landscape version of it. Um, I think I've only done two episodes so far, so you might be able to download it. But yeah, I've been enjoying that. Um, my daughter Adele, she has organised um, a day for us to go out together for the afternoon. Um, for tea at the Royal Academy of Arts and I'm really excited about that because I've never been so yeah that'll be something to look forward to. Is that London? Um, yeah London that's not until February. All right. But, but February's a rubbish month isn't it because it's kind of you know the whole festive period is over and all you've got to look forward to is snow <laughs> or yeah. whatever. So yeah so that I'm looking forward to that. Um, I finished my whiskey painting as you know which is good so that's finally out of the way I can start something new and I finally finished my latest sketchbook so I get to start a brand new one which is always a nice feeling. So I what have you been doing in your sketchbook, sketchbook then? What have you been doing there? Because you haven't been sharing them have you? Oh, no. Do you know what? I've been sketching virtually every day, but just, you know, with just borrow pen. I've realised that for all these expensive, um, I can do everything pens that are out there that I seem to have one of every one of them. I really enjoy sketching with a biro, like which will cost what? 10p probably. Yeah, Yeah, I really. and, And I'm just putting no real thought into it it's just more like doodling but turning things into faces and people and yeah I've been really really enjoying that so you've been using reference as well or just out your head yeah oh no not sometimes out of my head but that's when it's just literally doodling yeah um but yeah mainly I I will refer to reference because I think you can if you sketch things enough you'll start learning enough about them that you can particularly when when it comes to drawing people I think because when you go out and say you sketch in a cafe or something and that you know somebody moves if you've drawn a lot of that sort of thing already you can kind of fill in the gaps can't you when they get up and walk away you can kind of make it up a bit so I think that's the beauty of always practicing those kind of things anyway even if you're not out and about yeah um so yeah, you're taking that so. to London, are you? When we go, because we had a, we were supposed to be going before, weren't we? And our trip got <clears> delayed, <throat> meeting up in London. So are you taking a mm. borrow with you? Yeah, I'm going to keep it really simple. And, and actually, I've bought a sketchbook specifically for our day in London. I haven't touched it, um, and it's it's one of those because you've always said to me, haven't you? For goodness' sake, buy a cheap sketchbook and you know it'll stop you being precious yeah and of course I'm one of these people who loves a lovely pretty sketchbook and all the rest of it anyway I have bought well I don't know if it was I wouldn't say it was cheap cheap um but it's slightly smaller than an A4 but it's it's larger than an A5 uh, right. so yeah. it's sort of between the two and it's a Canson XL all right and it's just a ring binder um I'm gonna Got take to that those, remember ring binders yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, I'd say why yeah um so we've got I've got that and I'm gonna just take a a few barrows a couple of barrows with me because I think when I go out sketching I remember going out once and I had I just I had a I bought a a sketching bag and in this sketching bag I had a a case for my pencils and I thought oh well if I might need watercolor so I took some watercolors and I needed a jar so I I better take a jar um and then I thought well if I'm gonna do just pencil sketches I'll take this sketchbook but if I'm going to do watercolor I better take this one and before I knew it I was walking out the house with kind (laughs) of a rucksack full of stuff and you know it has the total opposite effect because as soon as I see it all in there I've straight away I've got so much choice that I just don't know what to do and then in the end I just don't do anything but by taking 
just a pen and a sketchbook. It takes all that decision-making away because you can always add colour later if you want to, can't you? Yeah, I'm definitely bringing you a chunky marker as well. I think we're going to do a chunky marker exercise. Oh, are we? (laughs) (laughs) You want to loosen up. You're definitely going to loosen up with that. Shall I bring some oil paints and some very fine brushes for you? you? If you like. (laughs) I'm not the one that said I want to paint in oil paint. You said you'd like to loosen up your sketches. Yeah, no, I do. I, 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 you know, I can sketch and draw and all that without problem. But my problem is, you know, that sort of um, I'll just quickly get a sketch down of that person sitting over there before they get up because straight away I feel pressure because I know they're going to move, and I, I just sort of freeze a bit. I think that's um, the worst so type of subject, though, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to do a loose mm. sketch, you're better off doing something stationary to start with. There's not so much yeah. on you. But I love drawing people. I that's my problem. Know. And because I paint still life, it's almost like the last thing I want to draw is a salt and pepper pot. Because... Got buildings. <laughs> buildings. You like buildings? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't sketch them very often, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah I could do that, I suppose. Uh, they don't. I don't love them. Yeah. But yeah, where are we anyway? <laughs> <laughs> we are supposed, we're supposed to be getting back on track and talking about what we're supposed to be doing, and I'm supposed to be sort of introing that. Um, so we're going to get back <laughs> to what we're supposed to be talking about, which is time management, and creatives, and I think one of the common things that we hear that creatives struggle with is finding the time to create something. Now, whether that's finding time to write each day or to draw or paint. So we want to talk about some ways that you can make best use of whatever time you've got to keep your creative projects alive. So one of the things I think the problems that many people have is that your creative time gets pushed to the bottom of your priorities. Even if it starts at the top, other things creep in and you think, well, it's not that important. So it gets sort of pushed aside. Whereas like, if you've got a specific deadline, like say, you know, you've done all these commissions because you know it has to be done by whenever you say it's going to be done. It's so much easier, isn't it? It really is. Um, So I think we've got to try and make ourselves accountable in some way, you know, set ourselves deadlines and and try and get some self-discipline. I think sometimes also you feel guilty doing something you love. Maybe that's because you could be spending time with family or doing, doing other things. You know, what, what do you think? I think that's right. I think that's true. Um, And I think we need to change our way of thinking, really, where the guilt's concerned, because if we spend our whole lives trying to please everybody else and putting our own needs right to the bottom of the pile, um, I think this can lead to feelings of resentment and unfulfillment. And if that happens, that's not good for anybody. I mean, if you think about it, when you spend time with uh, a happy and content person, then you enjoy being around them. But when you spend time around someone who's unhappy and discontent, can leave you feeling really flat so by putting some importance on your own needs you'll be a happier person and a happy person makes a happy spouse happy parent and it benefits everyone in the long run you just you just might need to um explain that to the people around you i guess are you going to dub in that happy song underneath that bit you just said Oh, please. I hate that song <laughs> I know so you hate much. It. I, <laughs> the world's most irritating song ever. <laughs> it's, it will make me instantly unhappy. <laughs> so anyway, when you're juggling so many different things, how can you actually make time to be creative? And I think one of the things we need to do is try and schedule your time really, really carefully. And if you're someone who finds this difficult, you might find yourself starting lots of different things and not finishing things. I know I'm guilty of this, you know, as one person. So today we're going to make some suggestions of things that will help you manage your time better. We'll cover ways to stay more focused, avoid distractions, and also ideas for how to schedule, you know, schedule your life and the different things in it so it works for you. Yeah, I mean, how many times do you find yourself saying... I don't have time to paint. I haven't got time to write. But, you know, people do those things all the time. And ultimately, we all have the exact same 24 hours as each other. And yes, you might say that some of us have more commitments than others, which of course is true. But it's so often the case that the busier the person, the more they seem to get done. And I think the words time management, as I've said to you once before, Tara, haven't I, that they're redundant really, because time can't be managed. We can't slow it down. We can't pause it we can't rewind it simply 
you know, continues. It simply passes us by. It's just that some people manage their time better than others. Um, and we can all find ways of making better use of our own. And by using pockets of what's often wasted time more wisely, you'd be surprised at just how much more you can get done. And there are so many ways we can and things we can do to make better use of the time we have. But I think the key um, is to recognise when we're wasting it. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe when we've spoken to Joanna Penn before how she manages her time. It's like unbelievable. I mean, she said how she gets up, is it five o'clock and she starts working and and she schedules her life. So she gets the creative stuff in, done in the morning. So she feels sort of fulfilled that she's done that bit and then does the more sort of mundane stuff in the afternoon. It just amazes me that, you know, you can see how someone like is so successful because she's so good. At managing that um i think one of the biggest distractions today is actually social media and as much as mm. we like to keep up with it you know it's fine as long as you don't let it eat too much of your time but we can get really addicted to it because it's actually made to be highly addictive wasn't it the um is it one of the guys who worked on facebook now regrets that he created a like button i'm sure i read that somewhere and he's actually oh, got, really yeah he's actually got his pa or somebody to do something so he can't go on social media all the time. And this is one of the people that actually kind of invented parts of it, which is unbelievable. What, why did he um, regret clicking the like, uh, making a like button? Because he realised how addictive it is. I mean, they, they purposely make social media highly addictive. It, mm. They have experts in to look how to keep you on there. And I think he regrets that even for, it sucked him in even. So he now you know, you want those likes and, and you want to see what everybody's doing. And so, yeah, he's supposed to be, I can't even remember who it was, but he's supposed to have got his PA or somebody to actually block him out of using it part of the oh, time. Oh, God, well, when, you, when you've actually invented something yourself, I mean, and you don't want to use it, that says something. I've always thought that Facebook actually needs an unlike button. But, but for things like those annoying adverts. You can stop, <laughs> and, stop them showing, can't you, the annoying adverts, some of them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you, I mean, I'm a bit lazy on Facebook, to be honest. Yeah. Apart from our group, obviously. But, I mean, really what I think we should do, and this is what I need to set for myself, is to arrange yourself specific times when you can use social media. So you could have 15 minutes at the beginning of the day, maybe 15 minutes at lunchtime, 15 minutes at the end of your day. Rather than one thing that I know I do is when I'm working on, say, a creative project and something gets a bit tricky, you know, when you get to that point, you don't really know what to do next. Do you ever get that? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Then I'll be like, oh, I don't know what to do. And so instead of just like plowing through, carrying on, I'll go and have a look what's happening on Facebook, which is really not good. Um, what you can do to get around this is there are apps to block certain things so I believe there's ones on your phone I use one on my Mac called focus and what that does you can set it up say you can say right for the next hour I'm not allowed to look at Facebook Instagram you know whatever other things you look at and you can also block email as well if you want so what happens then is is you block them you work on whatever you're supposed to do and of course you forget and I know I've done this within like five minutes of starting work um I find myself trying to check Facebook and instead of showing you Facebook, it will show you a motivational quote so that you cannot get into Facebook unless you physically go in and shut down this, this app or actually sort of tell it to stop. Um, and I think really it's that thing with the not knowing you're doing it is the problem rather than yeah and you can get sucked into that rabbit hole can't you the minute you open it up yeah i mean i i use the do not disturb mode on my phone and my ipad as well when i'm in the studio to avoid those distractions uh, and getting sucked into the world of social media emails are another thing as well that for some reason we feel the need to check a million times a day but again that's something we really only need to do maybe a couple of times a day i mean i've never ever written someone an email unexpected an immediate response unless i'm emailing you of course <laughs> that's not very nice no i've had it and i want your instant attention <laughs> i thought it was around i expected one from you um i've had clients who who have in the past expected a fairly immediate response and if i haven't got back to them with in half an hour they they will call me which is slightly frustrating but in general people don't people don't expect it do they 
Well, I, th- I think as well, emails can be quite overwhelming. I mean, I, I look in my in- inbox this morning and I've got 75 emails and that's after clearing away the obvious junk. Really? And uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And actually, there are a couple right down in there somewhere. I think, oh, God, I missed. I've, they're so far down the line that I've missed them. So I need to reply. But yeah, emails can be quite overwhelming to look at and and what I do is every morning I um when I've done you know the normal things breakfast and got dressed and walk the dog and whatnot I will go on social media as in like I'll go on our Facebook group and I'll see what's going on there which I love doing because I love knowing what's going on on there um and I will check emails but then that's it most of the time throughout the day I don't check either one of those things again until late and then I just go on there for another 15 minutes or so because you could just you you could never get off it and the reason I do the whole do not disturb mode on my phone is is not just for phone calls and things like that but what happens I don't know about you but on my phone if somebody comments on Instagram I get kind of like a banner that comes up to say and if I know someone's commented on something on Instagram I will straight away feel that I I have to respond because obviously I don't want to be rude and ignore that person they've taken the time to comment so obviously I want to acknowledge that um but nobody has to do this straight away it can wait it's not like I'm not going to do it so what I've I've done now is I put the do not disturb mode on and those banners don't come up because what I don't know I can't think about do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so annoying the um, notification noises, and I know I've had. You can turn them off. Yes, can't I know you, you, you can. can turn, but like I've had, so you know, I think I've turned off these notifications, and I've gone into like a main setting, turn it off, and then yeah. I'll hear my phone beeping again, and then you'll find the actual app itself rather than the general notifications. It's on there as well. You've had to, sometimes you have to hunt them down to find out yeah. where this sort of beeper thing's coming from, but it does drive you mad. But um, you've tried this, haven't you? The Pomodoro technique. I have, yes. Uh, so I just tell everybody what it is, and, and I've, I've dabbled with it. I'm I'm not totally convinced it works for me, but I know it works really well for some people. And what it is is a way of structuring how you work or how you create. So you'll have intervals of twenty five minutes, although quite often you can adjust that, and then short breaks. So you do twenty five minute burst of something, then like a five or ten minute whatever tea break, or and then when you've done a few of those, you know, different repeats you then take a longer break. And the idea is it's sort of, you know, it's a nice way to split up your time almost. You've got the break and you've got the work. And there are apps that you can use to do this. And if you just search Pomodoro, or I think quite often Tomato Timer as well, you can you can get. Um, and the, the app I mentioned before called Focus on the Mac also has a sort of Pomodoro Timer, which is good because then it blocks out Facebook at the same time as, as you get your 25-minute burst of work. So how did you find when you did it? Did did it work for you? Yeah, I used an app called Focus Keeper, I think it was called. Um, And I it took me a while to sort of try it out. I I think you told me about it and I was like, yeah, yeah, I will try that. I will try it. But I kind of didn't for ages. And then I think one day we were going to talk about it or or write about it. I thought, oh, no, I still haven't (laughs) tried it. I I really need to, like, research this thing. So I I downloaded it. And actually, it was – I found it really, really good. It's not necessarily good for um, maybe painting as much because, obviously, you want – once you're in the zone, you don't really want to be – interrupted 25 minutes in yeah. but you, like you say you can you can adjust the timer so I could say okay I'll do an hour and then I'm gonna have a 10 minute break I don't just find it useful for that though I found I found it useful for things like um my day job for instance because I obviously am a creative person we do this kick in the creative thing together and we do an awful lot of work to to you know behind the to scenes do this, don't yeah. we, Tara? Yeah, a lot. And um, and we both love it. And it's very easy for me to be at work and think, oh, I must just do this and I must just write those notes and I need to do this and I need to do that. Um, but actually what that Pomodoro timer does for me is it makes me think, right, no, I've got to focus on work for this 25 minutes and nothing else. And then I know the timer's going to go off. Um, so I know that then I can check on that sort of thing in my break. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think so that's a good way as well because – then if you contain it to your work, that gives you more time then for doing the creative stuff, doesn't it? Because that means your work is done when it should be done. And you're focused 
on whatever you're doing at the time. Yeah. And I think from a healthy point of view as well, when you are an artist and you do a lot of drawing or a lot of painting, it might be that you, you're standing for long periods of time or you're sitting for long periods of time. And actually, it's a good reminder sometimes to get up and walk about and just move for a bit because it can be a bit stagnant, can't yeah. it? You can't be good for your back. One thing I just want to mention as well is something else I think can be really useful um, for an artist or writer is to actually leave some art or creative kit out ready to use. Uh, for example, you could have a sketchbook and pen where you normally sit and you're not working. You know, just put it near the sofa. It takes away the excuse of, you know, oh, I can't be bothered to go get my sketchbook out or my notebook. If it's there, you can fit in five minutes, ten minutes, you know, without having to put any hassle into there's no hassle factor there exactly exactly um I, I think it's a really good idea to do that I've got a sketchbook and pen just slotted under my um sofa <laughs> just so I can pull it out if I want to or you know I've always got one in my handbag never use it but <laughs> always got one in there in case yeah, I've got one there as well <laughs> yeah yeah but I think you know it's it, it the day you haven't got it it'll be the day you want to use it that's the trouble yeah. um Another big distraction has got to be TV, hasn't it? TV's shocking, yeah. It really is. I mean, how often do you find yourself aimlessly flicking through a hundred different channels just to try and find something to watch? And how many times do we find ourselves watching something with our other halves just because they're watching it? I mean, I can't count the times I've found myself watching Shed channel <laughs> like a zombie, <laughs> barely even realising I'm watching it. Yeah, some man sort of hammering stuff and I'm... <laughs> I'm looking at it thinking, why am I watching this? But it's just because it's, you know, I've come into the room, Paul's there and he's watching this. He They, they love watching shit. things like that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, have you not heard no. of the Shed channel? Yeah. Oh, clearly yeah. missed out that delight. <laughs> it's a bit like Dave, only it's just, you know, yeah. it's just mainly building stuff, I think. Anyway, um, you know, if you're trying to find something to watch, then think about using that time to do something else. I mean, TV can be such a time suck and we can spend way too much time watching like a fake TV life and wasting our own. I mean, I stopped watching soap operas for that very reason. I used to watch two. I used to watch um, EastEnders and Corrie. I used to love them. Um, but then I think at that time they were just showing, they were each episode was half an hour and there was one on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday and one on a Tuesday and Thursday. So it was just like half an hour thing every night. Yeah. But then I think, um, I don't know if it was Corey started showing two episodes on a Monday or whether it was the other way around. It might have been EastEnders. I don't know. But they started, um, I think both of them started showing three times a week. But then one of them started showing two episodes on one day. So it was like, I think on a Monday, it turned into like a whole hour and a half and then I just thought, you know, this is ridiculous. I, I can't invest this much time. I can't commit to this. Half an hour every day is one thing, but you get so invested into the storyline, don't you, that you feel like you can't miss, you know, you can't miss it. And I just thought, what am I doing? I'm just, I, you know, how many hours of this life of mine am I taking up staring at this screen and watching something that, yeah, okay, is is good, but, you know... It's not it's not real. So I stopped watching it. I stopped watching all of them. And um, I have so much more time if I want it now. And I don't miss it either. I really don't miss it. I always think they're depressing um, as well. I mean... Oh, they are now. Yeah. They've got ridiculous... Anyone in, in a different country that watched EastEnders would never want to visit <laughs> England. Because <laughs> it makes everyone look like so miserable. And <laughs> I mean, I think I accidentally... Um, as I was switching over something the other day, I saw a, a, a tiny bit of EastEnders and everyone was crying and miserable. I thought, yeah, that's why I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes obviously we watch TV just because we are ready to chill out and there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's not a program you're glued to, then you could always just have it on in the background and grab your sketchbook and doodle or just scribble out some ideas while, while it's on. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to just sit there and focus on it completely. I, I sometimes sit there and um, Kevin might be watching something on TV and I might be typing out podcast notes or writing a blog post, something like that. I know it's not necessarily creative, but I'm doing something kind of constructive for kicking the creatives. Um, yeah. The, one of the bad things I think that I think a lot of people, including me, do now as well is sometimes you've got the telly on in the background and then you've also got your ipad and you're doing both 
and you're not really probably getting anything out of either of them whereas really unless you're actually learning something valuable from the ipad you know probably better off turning off and try and do something creative instead yeah we have so many screens in our lives don't we it just gets ridiculous another thing you could try doing and obviously this is something that I totally love is to get up an hour earlier every day to focus solely on your creativity (laughs) now this is much worse at this time of year I have to say yeah this could be before everyone else in the house is up so the time is all yours and you challenged me do you remember this yeah you challenged me uh was it six months ago maybe yeah I think so um, to get to get up an hour early earlier every day and to try and get stuff done boy was I tired um it was it was good but my brain I remember at the time and it would have would have got better but my brain decided because this was a challenge and I was taking it quite seriously was that it would make sure I got up by letting me know at two o'clock in the morning that I had to get up a bit later a be no sooner and then it'd let me know again at three o'clock in the morning don't forget you've got to get up soon I was so tired that week from that but I did get a lot done I must admit and I think once I'd got used to it more if I'd have kept it up which I didn't um it would have really made a difference but I mean I find now I don't think for me the morning would be when I do creative stuff I think at that time, I was more getting sort of work out of the way. So I had sort of time for creativity later. Because it doesn't mean you have to do creative stuff in the morning necessarily. It just means you get other stuff out of the way or you can get other stuff out of the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can you do, do it. You, yeah, I've, I did it. I, I started doing it. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure it must be a couple of years ago now. I've never, ever been a morning person. I really hate mornings. Um, but um, I decided I would get up earlier every day a couple of years ago because I would always get up and leave myself enough time to ease myself into the day just so I could kind of relax and have a cup of coffee and watch a bit of telly because because I'm not a morning person I don't want to get up and feel instantly like I've got to be on work mode or do you know what I mean um but I was always finding um it hard to find the time during the day just to sketch and any time I did have obviously I would spend painting but I think sketching and drawing is the foundation to everything that I do Um, and I'd been really neglecting that so one morning while I was having my cup of coffee and um, watching a bit of tv I just um, decided why am I doing this I could be using this time of the day to sketch and in fact the morning time I could actually get up a bit earlier and use the time to sketch. So I did. I started setting my alarm an hour earlier. And then all that time that I had before work, I'd go straight into the studio and I would just sketch. Um, and I think I realized just how much time I'd been wasting when I filled my first sketchbook in what felt like no time at all. So using these slots of times you know, in better ways, I think can make so much difference. But like you say, you don't, I mean, I feel most creative in the morning. I always have done. But if you're not that kind of person, what you could do is get up a bit earlier and get all your chores out of the way. So then you've got time later on when you would normally be doing those things to just sit and draw. And it's surprising how quickly you get into a habit because now I automatically wake up at that time anyway. But it it can make a lot of difference, not just in how productive we are, but also to our rate of improvement as well I mean there are other things that we do sometimes as well where we might be busy but we could actually be multitasking I mean are are you any good at multi I'm sure you're a good multitasker aren't you I'm not not so good oh you're not don't they reckon that um we don't really actually multitask this is another geeky thing I've obviously been reading (laughs) where your brain doesn't can't actually focus on two things at once and what it does is switches between which is why it doesn't actually work yeah ah. so why it doesn't actually really work very well because it's, you're never really concentrating on two your brain just is switching but for example though i mean one way of multitasking which isn't quite so brain taxing i, I walk my dog twice a day down the woods and of course sometimes it's nice to just enjoy the silence and actually that's a really important thing to do sometimes but other times I use that time to dictate notes into my phone maybe for the podcast or maybe like a blog post or something like that so um, or maybe it's just like random ideas for a painting or something but more recently I've been taking my sketchbook out along with me as well and doing a little bit of drawing which has been nice because I'm not one to do much of that Um, but I did a bit for out and about October um, at the end of the day, the dog still gets his walk and I still get some things done too. So 
yeah, that's it. About as much multitasking as I I can do, I have to say. <laughs> so you're sketching. I saw the one. Obviously, you made the video. Mm. Have you done some more? Yeah, I just didn't video. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have done really. I, I yeah. yeah, I. What need... did you do? What did you draw? Well, in the um, woods where, well, behind my garden they are, and they they felled some trees a few years ago, and there are a few where the, all the trees sort of a lot of the trees have come down now. There's a lot of twisty, old sort of um, tree stumps coming up, and they're so interesting. So I've been drawing those. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what else I, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, have you got a magazine rack in your toilet? <laughs> no. I don't read on the toilet, but we've always got books on the toilet, right? We've got two bathrooms and Kevin tends to go to the main bathroom, whereas I go to our bedroom bathroom, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um so there's always a book or a magazine in the one that Kevin goes in because he sits in there for hours and reads it. And I don't get it. And actually, he borrowed, <laughs> this girl's not listening. He borrowed ages ago some books from the girl off work. And I found that he was reading them in the toilet. And I was going, don't tell that girl at work that you've been reading her books on the toilet. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I know now. <laughs> I, you know, when I go to other people's houses and I see that they've got like a magazine rack or books in their toilet. Do you yeah. know, personally, I can't think of a, a place I would rather spend less time in. No. <laughs> but if you're weird, one of, isn't it? yeah, but if you are one of those people who enjoys sitting on the toilet and having a good read, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe you could swap the magazines for a sketchbook and pen. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to mention um, Danny Gregory of all people um, again because um, I. To do sketch on the toilet. Well, I came across—I don't know—but I came across <laughs> by accident. He he'd posted a sketch. I don't know where it was. Would have been probably on Facebook or something. He posted this sketch, and it was clearly the view looking down while he was having a wee. <laughs> what? It's Panther and his ankles. No, I don't. It wasn't actually of his his fruit and veg weren't showing or anything like that. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> It was just his wee going into the toilet. Oh, so you had the, the view of no. <laughs> you had the view of the toilet pan and obviously, you know, this jet of water or whatever it was going. Oh, no. <laughs> and I it was just made me laugh so much. I thought, now surely that has to be photographic reference. He can't have literally been standing there because I think, and I don't know this because I'm not a man, but I have a feeling that you need a hand to kind of well, <laughs> guide you in the right direction. You can't sketch one hand. <laughs> Well, I was thinking he probably needs my hands-free sketching. Yes, yes, you'll tool. have to pitch that to him. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it did make me chuckle. I thought, oh, God. now there is literally no excuse not to draw anywhere at any time if he can do that. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Another thing you can do is sketch while you're waiting for things. You could do it, you know, or sketch or write or whatever. So you could do it while you're in the waiting room at the doctor's or dentist. Although, to be honest, I'd be too nervous to sketch at that point. Or when you're at the vets or if you're waiting in the car to pick up your kids. And I remember reading about an author and she actually wrote her first book this way. And I think it was the author. Did you ever watch a film? It was something about must love dogs or something. No, no. Oh. oh, well, it was her anyway. Um yeah, and she wrote the first novel because I think she used to take her kids to sports training or something before before work. Yeah. So, yeah, so she did it then. And I know it is as well that you take your phone to the bath. <laughs> so, so you could catch up on social media or do some research, but I'd be scared to drop mine in the water. Well, actually, I used to, and now it's my iPad. I put a little stool by the bath, put my iPad next to it, and sometimes I will write podcast notes or I'll watch YouTube videos and on research and things like that because I do love a nice soak in the bath, but if I just lay there floating around, I can get a bit bored. So it's quite nice to have something to look at at the same time. So you dictate... Yes. While you're in the bath. Sometimes yes. I d- dictate, yeah. And it, but Siri can often think that I've said one thing and turn it into something completely different, which can be a bit frustrating when I'm reading it back, but I'm quite amusing. Well, it's sometimes. also frustrating when yeah. you text me messages. Oh, oh I know. I, you know what? Since Siri came along, I don't use my thumbs anymore and I often I text talk. So I'll speak my texts in and often fail to check back what I've put. And yeah. then, yeah, you, you've noticed loads of times, haven't you? That I've... Yeah, quite weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and also your creative pursuit doesn't have to take hours you really can find the smallest amount of time to fit something in so we for example in March and I think we we're going to run it again we had something called five minute March didn't we where we did a five minute sketching challenge I think that was probably so, one of our most popular ever yeah me too yeah and I think also it proves because actually some people by the end of it because they really you know sped up they're sketching we're actually doing some quite good stuff so I think that proves you can fit creativity in a really really small amount of time for example you could also write notes for a book you're working on or write a poem in five minutes you could do loads of things yeah I mean you could even think right I need a name for my main character of my book so I'm going to come up with that in the next five minutes or I'm going to think about what they look like or the setting things like that so it's chunking it down it isn't it oh, it's, yeah. it's chunking things into smaller tasks Exactly. Yeah. And this is kind of more of a domestic thing. um, But this is something I do a lot. It sounds a bit random now. But basically, this is to help make time for your creative pursuit when you need some more. Um, Whenever I cook, because obviously, I've got um, my son still lives at home and my husband and obviously still lives at home. (laughs) He hasn't left yet. <laughs> but when I maybe cook, you will when you're cooking. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If they say a, a, the way to a man's um, heart is his stomach, well, I don't know how I've ever been loved. <laughs> I really don't. No. My cooking leaves a lot to be desired. I just don't. I just don't enjoy it. But anyway, I have to do it regardless. Um, but when I cook, I often make a lot more than I need. So I'll make perhaps double the amount. Um, it doesn't take any longer to cook but you can then uh, freeze what's left into individual portions. And I buy those foil takeaway trays from Amazon. You know the ones with the little cardboard lids? Yeah, just like a Chinese takeaway sort of thing. Exactly like that. And you can get really small ones, so each one is like a portion of food. And they're so cheap. I mean, they're pennies. Um, Takes, well, no time at all to build up quite a stock of meals, especially if it's something like a chili or a casserole or something like that. And you know, obviously you can't do it if you're making, I don't know, pasta or something like that because they don't, they don't freeze. But things like chili, spaghetti bolognese, stew, anything like that, you can literally put a ladle full in each one and then put it in the freezer with a date on and what it is, obviously. And then the next time that you find you're really running out of time and you really wanted to get that drawing done and you really needed to finish that commission or you really wanted to spend an hour writing some of your book, then you can think, okay, let's just have a freezer meal tonight. And you can just pull them out the freezer and that takes minutes. And we do that at least once a week, if not twice, because it saves me such a lot of time. Uh, Do you ever do that, Tara? Oh, God, yeah, all the time. I cooked a chili last night. Yeah, and cooked an extra two portions. And what I used to do, which is really bad, I don't now, I've learnt, I used to just stick them in the freezer and not label them. Oh, no. (laughs) So it's like a surprise, surprise. (laughs) Potluck lunch, potluck dinner. I remember once I did... I think I was going out, so I said to Kevin, um, oh, should I cook you something? I'll get you something out of the freezer. And he goes, oh, yes, please. And I said, I think this is one. I think this is lasagna, and I think this is something that would go with it. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I got two out, warmed them up, and they really weren't. It was like a cauliflower cheese and something else in the other really odd meal. So since then, I now label them. Oh, yeah, I always write on them what they are, and obviously yeah. the date as well. <laughs> quite so much fun though is it no i'm gonna have to try that i'm gonna have to to make make some potluck dinners just say potluck on the front yeah (laughs) on on that note another thing i found to be really helpful is to plan the week's menu in advance and i know that sounds super organized but there's nothing worse than getting to a point in the day and thinking what am i gonna cook what am I going to have for dinner tonight? And you can waste so much time doing that. But by setting aside an hour once a week to plan what you're going to have for dinner each day, write it down, write a shopping list, then you can save so much wasted time scratching your head and flitting backwards and forwards to the shops. And of course, nowadays, you can always shop online. Do you do that? Yeah, shop online. It's so much quicker, so mm. much easier. I actually I don't. Have... I don't anymore because I found, I found myself not going out enough um, and feeling that I was because everything I do is sort of located in or around the house. Even the walking the dog is behind the garden. So I've actually I make myself go to the shops now because I feel like it's a a good thing for me to do. But yeah, I used to do it online just to save some time. Yeah, I know. Um... Kevin's mum, when he lived at home, I think I've told you this before, she used to have set days for set things. 
it used to drive him nuts because when we first moved in together, he absolutely hated spaghetti bolognese because it was spaghetti bolognese was like every Tuesday, and he got so sick of it. So yeah, yeah. Once you've recognised where you might be able to find extra time, it's important to decide the things that are most important to you, and then try and create a schedule around it to make sure you get them done. It's far more likely you'll be productive like that, if, even if you've got some sort of basic plan that you're working around. And if you also do that, it's more likely you're going to finish things rather than just start them. One of the hardest thing is juggling art or your writing around family life. So you've got to find ways to break it down into different areas and focus on one at a time. And then also make sure you've got a balance across them all. And I think one of the other things is you've got to be careful that you don't schedule too much in one day. I know I do this sometimes. I put all these lists down thinking, yeah, I'll just about get that done. And then I'll miss something up and I'll feel disappointed. Rather than if I'd just put a few, I'd have felt, you know, pleased that I'd got it all done. And I think there's this saying that says something like, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And I think that's a bit like the day thing. We sometimes overestimate what we can do in a day, but we could do a lot in a week, that sort of thing. So we're going to talk about some suggestions now on how to schedule your life as creative, just so you can be more focused and present in whatever you're doing. Yeah, and the first thing that you're going to need to do for this is to create a to-do list, but you're going to need three different colored pens to make this to-do list. And what you need to do is you need to use one colored pen for your actual creative to-dos. So this will be things like writing, drawing, painting, or whatever your particular creative pursuit is. The second color is for anything else related to your creativity, such as marketing, blogging, social media, visiting galleries, uh, research or active learning, that kind of thing. And the third color is going to be for everything outside of your creativity. So that's dental appointments, shopping, dinner out with friends or family, that kind of thing. So once you've got your list, start prioritizing in what's important to you. Don't avoid the big things either because they seem like a mammoth task. If you do find those big things too daunting, try and break them down into smaller chunks. And then arrange your schedule so you get the most pressing tasks done first, the things that you really got to do. And sometimes it helps to give yourself a deadline for those things too, even if you don't actually have a fixed one. In that case, write that down next to the task as well. Now, you don't have to stick to doing this on paper. Some people like doing it that way. Some people don't. There's also apps like Todoist or Trello. Now, we use uh, Todoist, don't we, Sandra, yeah. for yeah. scheduling, uh, kicking the creatives. Yeah, because every now and then I get a notification on my phone that says, Tara has just scheduled you a to-do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it very often. But what Todoist lets you do is you can create little projects. So what you could do is say, okay, this is my creativity project. This is my um, my life, my have-to-dos. And then this is my inspiration type project. And then you can put under there each of the things that you want to do in those areas. And then, you know, it lets you do that in pretty much the same as if you'd written down your colored lists. And Trello is very similar as well. Have Take a look at Trello. So... If you are going with the, the written list, so what you've got in front of you now is your prioritized written list in three colors. And now it's time then to look at your calendar. And this particular method, when you're writing it down, works much better in a day to a page diary, you know, one that's separated into hourly time slots. So yeah. I would really recommend investing in one of those for next year. And what you need to do then is to transfer all of the things from your list into your diary using the same three colors. Um, so let's say, as an example, all of the things on your creative list are added to your diary with a purple pen. And then the other things such as blogging or social media um, are in green and everything else outside of your creativity is in black. And this way, it's really easy to see at a glance what you're up to and roughly how much time you're spending on each. And as Tara mentioned, one of the biggest problems that artists have is when their creative time seeps into their family life and um, vice versa. And when your creative time gets sucked up by household chores, you can end up feeling quite resentful. But on the other hand, if your creative time starts bleeding into that time that you should be spending with your family or friends, that can lead to feelings of guilt. And the only way to deal with this is to carve um, specific times to focus on each thing and stick to it as though it was 
like an appointment. For example, if you made a dental appointment, you wouldn't just not turn up at the last minute because something else came up. You just wouldn't do that. You'd have to go. And you need to treat your other commitments in exactly the same way, including the time that you'd put aside for your art. How you plan your own schedule depends on your own commitments, such as work. So, for example, you already know you need to block out specific times for your day job. So then write down all the other commitments you have on your list, such as appointments, the school play or anything else that you can't miss. Once you've put all those things in that you need to get done, look at the time you have left and work out when there'll be a good time to get some creative stuff done. Then finally, block out some time for the creative related things. So that's things like blogging, visiting galleries, updating websites, etc. And you might need to be a bit clever about it. So when it comes to making time for creating and blogging, ideally, you need to plan it so that it doesn't interfere with your family life. But first of all, though, we shouldn't feel guilty if we want to allocate a regular chunk of time to our creativity every week. For example, maybe you could put aside one evening a week or every Saturday morning. And if you make it a regular thing, put it on the calendar, make your family and friends aware that this is the time you're dedicating to your art, and then they will soon get used to it. But there are other times that you can find too. And as an example, my husband likes football, whereas I don't. So that's an ideal time for me to block out for any computer work. I mean, he's not going to miss me. So if I sit next to him on my iPad and, you know, do my blogging or whatever, it's no big deal. Do you sit together on the sofa? What do you mean? (laughs) At night, me and Kevin have got two sofas, so we have one each. Do Do you sit and snuggle? Yeah, well, we have this. We've got a corner sofa, and normally yeah. he he always seems to hog the arm end, you know, the the end right opposite the TV. So off, often what I do is I just get grab a cushion, um, put it on his lap, and lay down. Oh, um, yeah, we're, we're snugglers. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, when I'm on my iPad and he's watching football, we're not. I put my feet yeah. on him. Then he has my feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're very sad then, aren't we? One each, one each sofa. So so if you find it hard to work on your creativity at home because of all the distractions, you could get out of the house and say, go to a cafe or something like that. I know a lot of writers do do that. I think, again, that was Joanna Penn mentioned that she does that. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone's wondering why we keep talking about Joanna Penn, we interviewed her, didn't we? She's a, a really successful indie author and her interview was brilliant. Well worth going back and having a listen to. Definitely. And you could also do the same thing for writing blog posts or similar. Mm. You might find that the people around you in a cafe actually don't bother you because none of what they're saying is really relevant to you. I just wonder, have you ever tried working in a cafe? No, but I have been thinking about it recently, actually. Um, I'm thinking of maybe putting aside a little bit of time each week just to go to our local coffee shop, sit there and just do some sketching. I do, I do want to do that because... And we were talking about earlier, weren't we, drawing from reference and things like that, but it's not the same as drawing moving targets. And that's something I want to get more involved in. I want to get more confident about doing. So, yeah, it's something that's been on my mind recently. But actually, yeah, I'd quite happily sit there and write a blog post. Probably it might be quite nice to do something in a different environment because I think you can be inspired, can't you, just without even realising, just by having different surroundings. Yeah, I think for me, I really like if me and Kevin say go out to a cafe or to a pub, I've really enjoyed drawing when we've done that. Yeah. I don't particularly like it on my own. I can't have someone there. See, now it's funny. I'm the opposite. If I've got someone there, I feel like I should be talking to them and I'm being almost rude by doing something else so I I have that kind of guilt I mean I know we're going to London soon aren't we and I we won't have that feeling because we're both doing the same thing but if I was to go to a a coffee shop with Paul and the funny thing is he actually really enjoys watching me draw because we went on holiday a few years ago and I was just sat and drew for quite a while and he kept saying oh why don't you draw I'll watch you draw and he actually really enjoys it but for some reason I have that feeling that I I'm kind of not focusing on him and I'm doing something else so I just have that bit of guilt so the idea of going to a coffee shop on my own and doing it is probably not a bad idea I'll tell you what as well if I was writing a novel I know that I would love to do it outside in a coffee shop rather than at home because you know if you are struggling perhaps to think of a a trait for your character your main character or something there's people all around you isn't there you can just watch them and get ideas yeah, so that's definitely. that's um writing a novel is probably not something i'd want to do just stuck 
behind a desk in an office. I don't, I don't think I could do that. I'd need something. Well, clearly I am very rude because I do draw when Kevin's there. But... <laughs> it doesn't mean you're rude at all. It's how you feel, isn't it? I just feel but... guilty that I'm not concentrating no. on that person maybe. Because I think, because he knows, because I'm going to take a sketchbook with me because I've done yeah. it, you know, recently. Mm. And he's quite happy. Like, I think once we were in a cafe and he had a newspaper. So he was reading the paper while I was drawing, you know, and then we just did that for like 10 minutes and then we were talking afterwards. Yeah. Um, we do actually talk sometimes, you know, apart from sitting on separate sofas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And then he was like looking at his phone so he likes looking at the sport and what's going on there. So. And I think I said recently, didn't I, that Paul and I have set aside one day a month to go out for the day somewhere a bit different, get a bit of culture. It's a good way to get inspired. We actually went to Brighton and went down the lanes last weekend and it was really nice. It was just went into some galleries and yeah, it was good. I'd, I've never been to Brighton. Oh, have you not? If you do, no. you should go down the lane. There's two two lots of lanes. I think it's the north ones. They're really tiny. It's actually mainly jeweler shops now, but there's... It's. Do you, have you watched Harry Potter at all? I don't really like Harry Potter, but I no, have seen but you've him. seen it. Have you seen where yeah. he goes and chooses? Is it Diagon Alley where he goes and gets his wand? And there's like yeah. it's just these little alleys, and it re- it reminds me so much of Diagon Alley. It really does, and all the buildings are so old, and and it is like going back in time. I love it. It's and it's so. Um, Brighton is somewhere to go to people watch. I mean, it beats London hands down. It really does. It's so interesting. Obviously not so much the main bit, but the actual yeah. those lanes, they're great. Yeah. Anyway, there's lots of different ways you can schedule, but we hope this is a simple way of doing it. And I think one thing about having the different colours or different lists is that you can really see the balance. Have you got the balance? Have you got your creativity in there and the things you have to do, that sort of thing? Meanwhile, we also asked our listeners if they have their own time management tips, and we got quite a lot of answers. So we're going to read out a few for you now. We've got who and, I hope I'm saying this right, who and hobbies. Set a daily schedule, stick to it, even when it's hard to be creative. Bruce Slight, draw until you're fed up or fall asleep. Then start drawing in the morning if you feel like it. Probably have to go to work and eat some stuff at some point too. Just fit that in somewhere. (laughs) Jenny Shaw, keep your materials in order. Otherwise, you waste precious time hunting for the right tools. I think that's a bit like how we were saying keep stuff, you know, near you and really available. Yeah, but she's got a point even when like in my studio, I remember constantly rummaging around my paint box to try and find the colour I was looking for. And now I hang them in order of the colour wheel on the wall. And, um, yeah, it saves me so much time. That's a, that is actually a really good point. Where did you I've get the idea, by the way? Sorry. Where, where did you get the idea for that hanging thing? Was that online or did you just come up with that? No, it was on Pinterest I saw it. And All then right. I said to Paul, I said, Paul, I need this. So he, got, he cut me a bit of MDF and then yeah. I wanted to paint it white. And then he um, helped me, like mark out where all the little hooks needed to go and whatnot yeah yeah so i actually made it pretty much myself to be honest um (laughs) (laughs) after you just said everybody else has done everything yeah he he just he just cut everything up and got me all the materials and i kind of put it together (laughs) he drilled the holes no it was a banging it it was basically Uh, a nail and a hammer so yeah he stayed well away when i had a hammer in my hand Now, Berenice Healy, she says, I use the Pomodoro technique when I'm up against a deadline. Set a timer and work for 25 minutes with no distractions. Shut down email and social media. Turn your phone over. Then take a break for five minutes. After four of these, take a 30-minute break away from your desk and repeat. So, yeah, basically what we were saying earlier, and it is a good idea to do. Angela Murphy, she says, forget housework, just sweep the room with a glance and add (laughs) pink gin occasionally. (laughs) That's my favorite. I like that one. (laughs) Dorothy Walker, she says, I said on someone's post to clean up less often and never, ever iron. Plenty of time left to create. Do you know, I hate ironing so much. That's my, my, oh, I just don't like it at all. Well, I admitted to you, didn't I, that we sent ours out. Yeah, yeah. An ironing man. Yeah. Oh, ah. yeah. is he good at it as well? Actually, I think yeah, men are yeah. better at ironing than women. Yeah, uh, Paul, Paul's actually, yeah, he's really good at it. Paul, Paul's great at ironing. I'm rubbish. <laughs> right. So before we read out the answer to our previous question, 
just want to mention the challenge that we've got going on in December. So if I read out the first one, we've got Doodling December. This month, we are introducing the brand new Doodling Challenge, Doodling December. We are challenging you to create a doodle a day for the month of December. The great thing about doodling is it allows you the freedom to create anything without being too precious about it. You can create shapes and squiggles, faces, characters, something festive, anything you like. A few things that you could try are create a random squiggle and then see what you can make from it. Try doodling something without taking your pen off the paper. Try filling your doodles with different patterns, dots, hearts, stripes, anything you like. Yeah, we've got Digital Art December. We are challenging you to create and share a piece of digital art every day throughout the month of December. Your piece of art can be made using any digital tool you like, including the following, a camera, um, any computer software, a video camera, a tablet, whatever you like. Then we've got Quick Kick December. There are challenges that take 15 minutes or less a day. For Quick Kick December, let's make it festive. We are challenging you to create something festive every day throughout the month of December. By sketching on a daily basis, your drawing skills will steadily improve along with your hand-eye coordination. And we've also got Kick Time December. Kick Time is our monthly challenge designed for those creatives who would prefer to sink their teeth into one big project over the whole month rather than take part in lots of smaller ones. And it's designed for any kind of creative project. So we give you a prompt each month and you can use it to inspire a story, a poem, a piece of art, music... Um, a sculpture, an animation, whatever you want. The list is endless. But the best part is you basically you get to work on any creative project which is inspired by that word for a whole month. And the prompt for December is, oh, <laughs> just I, wrote, I, I wrote one in for you on the main dock. <laughs> you obviously didn't look at it. I was going to say trouble. I just made one up. Trouble? No. <laughs> Yeah, let's go with that trouble. That's not very <laughs> festive. Yeah, but no, we've already got blooming festive galore, haven't we? Yeah, okay, let's go with trouble. Trouble. Trouble it is. <laughs> oh, oh, Do you dear. want to say that bit again? And the oh, prompt no. for December is? Yeah, and the prompt for December is trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, let's read out some of the answers to our previous question. Now, the question was, is creativity something we are born with or is it something we can learn? And let's look at the first one. I've got Ben King and he says, I think it's a bit of both. Some people can see a world in a different way and can interpret that through art. Those that can't, though, can be taught what to look for and the sense can be developed. And like Angela said, with practice, it can come out. Hello. Oh, sorry, I've got the next one. I was thinking, I was thinking, we're, alternating. I was thinking we're alternating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got Shilpa Rajiv. And she says, I think we are all born creative, all of us. It's just that it is in present in varying degrees. For some, it is advanced, and yet for some others, it is rudimentary. But with practice, everyone can polish their skills. I believe creativity exists in every field. From cooking, to art, to music, to writing, to everyday chores. Then we've got Emma Cavill. She says, we're all born with creativity and sadly it gets diminished as we grow older all too often. I love watching my children draw. They have no fear or an inhibition. I recently started sketching again and I'm learning watercolour. I think practice is the most important factor over and above talent. Then we've got Kayla Lavender, I think creativity is both born with or learned. To be born with creativity, you create at any time. And to learn creativity, you have to practice and become creative. Okay, and I've got Christy C. Neff. There's a creative inside each one of us. How we share it is entirely up to each person. There are some who seem to be born with it and a knowledge of how to do that. And then others like me who wait 50 years to give it a try. And then we've got Melanie Desiree Stephanus. I feel like there are so many ways to be creative that everyone has something they can be creative with. I wish I was creative. I just work with numbers. Do you know how creative you have to be to really manipulate numbers within a set of rules you can only bend so far? 
doctors who have to think up solutions and teachers who have to make sure their lessons are engaging. Creativity is more than just art. It's problem solving and looking at one thing in 20 different ways and finding potential in something. I think everyone is some sort of creative. Derek Lee, I view creativity as an ability to think freely outside accepted and established boundaries and to make associations and links between disparate ideas. This is characterised by flexibility and thinking, contrasting with the opposite, which is rigidity and concreteness. And with most qualities, we are born with varying degrees of potential in terms of being creative. But this is, of course, shaped by environmental factors. The thinking part is also intimately linked to our emotions. And we know how much art has been born of a personal struggle or distress and love. However, the ability to physically create something, a painting, pottery, a sculpture, is determined by our motor skills, especially fine motor skills. These can be developed through training and practice. But if, like me, you are inherently clumsy, there are going to be real limits to what you can physically produce. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That was a long one. (laughs) But very good point. Very, very good point. (laughs) He's very clever, Derek. Okay, so now we have a brand new question, and that question is, what is a subject you most avoid in your work and why? So what is a subject you most avoid in your work and why? Is there anything you avoid, Tara? Um, I don't like lots of windows or anything too complicated. I buildings, then? No, I, mm. you know, I don't mind buildings as long as it's got a limited amount of windows. But if it was <laughs> going to be like... You know, say a massive building in London or something where it's got hundreds, I would get bored. So we, we won't go to Parliament then and get you to no, draw that? No. No. Not unless okay. I've got a chunky marker. What about what? <laughs> um, landscapes. Yeah. Where, when there's not anything to pick out, when it's just like, you know. Trees the, and fields yeah, and no, lakes and, yeah, just bore me. Yeah. But, you know, I love looking at other people's. I just don't find it... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Interesting. Engaging or interesting to draw. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you forgot to say that the the best answers to the question we'll read out on the next joint podcast. And as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creatives or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I suggest you do. We will also put the question up there and also on the Facebook page and of course on our Instagram page, which is Kicking the Creatives. And don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. But that's it. We will chat again soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. See you then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. Um, with uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think. Sorry, my phone is just ringing. I can't believe it. So you <laughs> can't put it on do not disturb, have you? <laughs> <laughs> it's on silent. I didn't realise I couldn't put mine on do not disturb either. Here we are. The two of us giving advice, and neither of us have sorted it out. Do you know every every single every single time we do a podcast, everything goes on to do not disturb, or everything is switched off. Yeah, and I just thought, what is that? noise i can hear and i'd throw my phone in in the basket next to me and the, this basket's vibrating <laughs> against my foot <laughs> so i'm going to turn my phone off right now um anyway yeah i cannot i cannot remember what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> see, see this is like that is the perfect example isn't it, it the is, perfect yeah. example of being distracted right we were talking about the pomodoro yes, technique yes